0: I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, well, welcome back, Solar Warriors, climate champions. This is another Tactical Tuesday here on Suncast. These are conversations with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us in this clean energy revolution here on suncast if thursdays are thoughtful insights into the who of the industry consider this the what when how where the tools of the trade if you will and very often as is today we bring you content from one of our many live broadcasts and trainings this one in particular is coming to you from the most recent live event that we've held, which is RE Plus, where we partnered with the conference to bring the Power Up Media Zone to life. At the Media Zone, we interviewed industry thought leaders, personalities, executives, and founders to glean their insights about the current trends and where the industry is going. This is one such interview, and I know you are going to love it. And if you're new here, I would hope that you will subscribe to the show. I hope that we earn your attention and trust after today's conversation. Of course, you can find more than 525 additional founder stories and startup advice over in our catalog of back conversations at mysuncast.com. You will also find all of the conversations that we streamed live from the Power Up Media Zone. Over on YouTube, if you just search Suncast Media or if you just put in to YouTube the channel marker for Suncast Media, it's all one word, Suncast Media, you will certainly find our channel and become one of our more than 1,000 subscribers to that channel as well. For now, let's get down to business and tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, with another practical, tactical, live conversation from RE Plus here on Suncast. Hey friend, before we get started here, I just wanted to make one quick little interjection because the voice you're gonna hear next is not mine. Okay, well maybe you might hear me introduce them, but the interviewer today is not Nico. It is my dear friend and fellow podcaster extraordinaire, Mr. Tim Montague from the Clean Power Hour. Tim is taking over the mic to lead this conversation with one of our mutual dear friends and solar industry leaders, Mr. Jim Spano. I hope that you'll enjoy it, and I also hope that you'll go check out Tim's Clean Power Hour podcast. Kudos to Tim for having produced hundreds of episodes. I think he might be the only person I know in the industry who has gotten anywhere close to Suncast's 500-plus episodes. Tim's north of 300 now with his uh, multiple shows. And my hat's off to him, and that's why I invited him in to help and collaborate with the Power Up Media Zone. So happy Friday, enjoy, and take it away, Tim.
1: Welcome to the Power, Power Up Media Zone, produced by Suncast Media and presented by Fluence. We're also streaming live at suncast.live. Thanks to our streaming sponsors, SunGrow and Tygo. If you're watching this on the live stream, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to bookmark suncast.live and take the conversations with you on the go. We'd also like to thank the supporting sponsors who help make the media zone possible: AES, Aurora, SMA, SolRite, and SunGrow. Well, welcome, Jim. It's so good to see you again. Welcome, Tim. Nice to see you as well. You and I met four years ago here at RE Plus, which is uh, amazing that so much time has gone by. It it uh, it truly is an amazing journey that we are on here in the clean energy transition and you are what we call an og in the mid-atlantic solar industry you helped really develop the solar market in new jersey of course and now you are bringing a new innovative product to market the company is solreet you are the co-founder tell us a little bit about why you decided to found solreet and what is the problem that you're solving
2: sure uh, Having gone into the industry in the early years, uh, back, I actually started back in 2004, developing solar not as an economic uh, investment, but as a marketing tool to market my real estate business. Uh, we were developing green malls and, and trying to uh, set the new stage for, for climate control way back when, before it was really a, a mainstream issue. When I first started developing solar, I, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good. But I realized that the folks that were buying my assets were doing a heck of a lot better than I was doing. And I realized that at, at a point that the the reason that they that the developers are were not actually capturing the value that they were creating is because they lacked the capital to take the project past the construction phase. So they always helped to sell at what we called NTP, notice to proceed where you're selling it before the value is actually realized. It's been created, but not realized. So it, uh, uh, after you know, selling a number of projects at NTP and realizing that my investors were doing better than I, I said, well, I want to be on the other side of this table. And I want to empower developers to be able to capture the value that they've created and not pass it off to the aggregation market, which were the companies that were able to raise the equity capital and provide the construction financing. So what we did is we, we started with an approach, how do we get low cost capital into the market so that we can address the, the risk profile during the construction period? Now, one of the things that we recognize early on is that the banking, the, the, the banking industry did not realize the, the simplicity of constructing solar and the, the true risk profile of the of a solar asset. So most of the banks were treating solar systems more like equipment in short-term mini perm debt, which put tremendous stress on any ability for a developer to actually own a project because you had to amortize it in such short periods. So even if you can access the construction debt, there's no real cash flows in the early years when you have to amortize a 25-year asset in 5, 10, or 15 years. So what we did is we approached a number of investors. First, we had to go out and figure out how we can get low-cost capital. What we did is we hired Norton Rose Fulbright, and we went out and asked them to work with us to get a private letter ruling from the IRS to establish that the design of the product that that I had designed would qualify as a readable asset. After quite a bit of expense and time, Uh, we were able to get a, not a PLR, not a private letter ruling, but a legal opinion from Norton Rose Fulbright that supported our ability to go out into the investment world and and to raise the capital necessary from investors that would allow us to take the risk of investing, of funding 100% of the construction cost. By eliminating that capital constraint for the developer, it enabled the developer to now Take a project all the way to COD and transact at COD, versus, which is at commissioning with an operating asset, as opposed to at the uh, stage where it's ready to be built in order to proceed stage. By bringing all that value down, it enabled Solreit to go out and participate with the developers, partner with developers and EPCs, and act as an outsourced structured finance department so that they could focus their their time and energies on developing assets and building assets, and not on trying to arrange the financing for the assets that they were developing or building. As a result, years later, we now uh, have finally been able to get out into the market, start issuing loans, enabling developers to significantly increase the, their businesses, whether they're a developer or an EPC. And, and quite interestingly, EPCs are actually benefiting as much as the developers because now an EPC can go out into the market, provide a proposal for, for their EPC work, but also provide the financing for, for their client. So it's, it's just a, a whole new approach to financing solar by recognizing the long-term nature of the asset and matching the debt to the term of the asset. So if, if I have a 25-year asset and I have to amortize it over 10 years, as I said earlier, all of my cash flow is going to pay down the capex of the asset. By enabling me to amortize the asset over a, a 25-year PPA period, now there's significant cash flow that's generated each year that enables the developer to cover its, its debt service ratios, cover its, its uh you know, capital requirements and still have significant cash flow to enable it to grow its business and to continue to develop other projects. So that was the basis of, of why, why this solar rate was initially created and, and what so we
1: doing. let's talk about the, the residential solar space, the, the types of players, and how your vision kind of dovetails with the future of solar, which is that there will come a day when all buildings have solar roofs, Will that be in five years or 10 years? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But you see in mature markets in California, in Colorado, in Arizona, you see entire communities where all of the houses have solar roofs. And that is just such a no-brainer, in, in especially in uh, sunny places. But we have installers, we have homeowners, we have real estate developers, and we have financiers. And you are now creating an ecosystem that kind of brings this all together, but is unlocking, I think, what seems to be the door to mass adoption in the residential market. So explain that. What, how are things today and how are things going to be tomorrow? And what is the value, so to speak, that you are unlocking for the industry?
2: Sure. That's actually one of the new initiatives of Solreit. Solread has recognized that there's a tremendous opportunity and a tremendous need to provide generation at the very end of the distribution lines. Most residential development is done by by residential EPCs on a one-off basis with tremendous acquisition costs, and and it makes it very inefficient. What we've done at Solry, being that we recognize the value that a developer creates in developing a solar project that has significantly greater cash flows than capital expenses, and obviously, with the tremendous incentives we have today, particularly with the new IRA giving us this long, long lead time with a, with a tremendous uh, opportunity, what Solreed is now offering EPCs and, develop, and residential developers, particularly residential EPCs, the opportunity to now go in and instead of financing through third parties and paying the, the, the fees and so forth to third parties – they can now be part of the ownership asset itself, part of the IPP. So what we're doing is we're partnering a real estate developer with an EPC contractor and an asset manager. Solreed is providing 100% of the funding so that 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 entity that they form has all the capital to build the systems. The EPC, who's a one-third partner in the IPP, has additional value that he's created by being in the IPP. He also has certainty of payment, being that he's an owner in the asset class that's paying his EPC company. His EPC company has the ability to go back to their bonding agencies and get increased bonding levels because they have certainty of payment. The real estate developer now has the ability to have the avoided cost of, of paying for the solar himself or battery storage if we're putting uh, a combination of solar and storage. He has the avoided cost of, of the Capex of that asset still gives his his tenant or his homeowner the the reduced the value of the the savings on the PPA, and then the the asset manager I pair them up with an asset manager. We're currently using Solvita, and by having that asset manager work with the EPC and the real estate developer, it's a traditional asset management. But instead of a third party owning the asset, the participants actually own the asset. So now. When the real estate developer goes out to market, he's marketing a product that has all the benefits of solar without the expense of solar. The EPC has a whole new market. Instead of going out and acquiring customers one at a time, he's uh, acquiring 50, 100, 500, 1,000 customers at a time in a a development, completely eliminating or significantly reducing his development costs, acquisition costs, which enables him to offer a lower PPA to the customer, greater discount to the residential customer, which again helps the builder to sell his assets. So it's a very symbiotic arrangement and it's facilitated by the ability of solreed to fund 100% of the capital costs so that those participants in the IPP, what solreed is relying on is we're a revenue financier. So we finance against the net present value of the revenue that's being generated. As long as that revenue will support the capital expense, this new IPP entity that's jointly owned has no upfront capital at costs, but participates in all the net profits of the IPP. So it's a, it's a very new model that's only, only possible by the ability of Solreit to fund 100% of that construction cost. And I would encourage any residential EPC and Many solar developers that, that are struggling in the CNI space right now, there's a tremendous opportunity in that residential space, and take advantage of it now and early because there's going to be lots of adopters. I had a uh, a session that I did just a couple of days ago here at RE Plus. We had maybe 400 people in the audience. We had over 25 people that have come up over the last two days that have shown an interest in developing. These, these aggregated residential, uh, what we call aggregated residential virtual power plants, because I often will add a storage system to all of the residential, to all the residential PV. And when I'm in a market where I can monetize the through grid services, those storage systems, I can provide free backup to the homeowner in addition to the reduced cost of the solar.
0: Hey, I know you are a savvy listener. Heck, you're listening to Suncast, and you've probably, as a result, heard of a little company called SunGrow. If you're not using SunGrow inverters on your projects, I would love to better understand why. They are the inverter of choice for many of the EPCs that I know. SunGrow is the number one in gigawatts deployed. They've got the Top bankability in the industry, Hexolve uses them for the majority of their projects. And you may not even know, but SunGrow has the largest R&D team in the power electronics industry. These three key points alone have convinced most of the major U.S. developers to prefer SunGrow. They now experience a diversified supply chain, local service team, patented containerized product, all with their seamless, pain-free commissioning. Look, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So why spend all of your cycles on what inverter to use when the largest EPC in the land has already done the heavy lifting for you? You can have their same experience for your projects. See how at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Hey, family, one quick reminder here that if you haven't yet joined Resource Labs, you are missing out. It is our outstanding community. It's the evolution of Suncast, moving from presentations, you listening to us talk, to conversations, our community involved in conversations as varied as Powering Australia, to Green Hydrogen, to Crypto and so many other things. Our newsroom is full of great insights. The main chat and even our RE Plus where to party at channel have been popping off. We've got more than 100 folks enjoying the community and I would invite you in. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash community. Come see how Resource Labs can help you grow your influence, impact, and income. See you inside.
1: So... Explain me this. If I'm a homeowner buying one of these homes that has been solarized, and now the solar is owned by the, by the REIT or the IPP, which stands for Independent Power Producer, I believe, right? Yes, that's correct. That's a term that, that some residential solar installers may not be familiar with. It's, it's very common in the commercial industrial space. But how does this play out for the homeowner? Are they signing a separate PPA then?
2: Okay. There's two, two approaches in new construction. The developer could require that solar be put on every house. And it's a very simple thing to do when you're offering your home buyers a discount on the power against the local utility rate. So it's a no brainer. And if every house in the neighborhood is solarized, then obviously you would be the, the oddity if you weren't solarized. So that real estate developer has the ability to go into the market and offer a better product comparable to a similar, in fact, the same exact home and development immediately next door to it that does not have solar or storage, they have a much better value proposition to offer that homeowner and at the same price point for the house. They don't have to increase the cost of the house to add the solar onto the roof so that eventually the homeowner can get the benefit of the reduced power.
1: I love it. It's all about making solar easier, right? And and then adding value for the developers, installers to develop an additional stream of revenue, basically, right? Absolutely. They're not just selling installations anymore. They're going to be long-term owners of revenue-producing assets. See, the, like any other market,
2: the EPCs, again, didn't have the capital to build all these out. So they have to go out and finance through and I won't mention any names, but we all know who's financing residential uh, solar in the U.S. So they have to go out and enter into contracts to finance for their customer and arrange the financing for the customer, and the customer absorbs all the costs of that arrangement. By participating in, in and being the IPP themselves and using Reach capital, they now deal directly with the homeowner. The homeowner has, they get the benefit of all the savings that that third-party intermediary was was earning by financing individually for the the homeowner. Now they're financing on scale for the homeowner at a lower cost of capital, which enables the homeowner to have a better value proposition in terms of either a lower rate or a resiliency play with no additional cost.
1: And we've seen how consumers are just flocking to solar and storage now in markets like California, where they have had blackouts because of the fires. Of course, these natural disasters are not limited to the West Coast, but you mentioned early in the show, Jim, that one of your first customers for this mass adoption model is in New Jersey. What's going on in New Jersey specifically and in the Northeast market that is so interesting to Solvita? Sure. One of our larger projects
2: that we're developing right now is a IPP that was developed by Solvita. Solvita is a third-party management company they partner, in this case, they partnered with a EPC, a local EPC in New Jersey uh, called Orbit Solar. The developer, which in this instance was actually my development company, uh, you know, I, I own several companies in, in the renewable energy space. My development company had partnered with a real estate developer that was building 10,000 residential units in Jackson, New Jersey, immediately adjacent to where I'm building the largest microgrid in the Northeast. So obviously in that we're doing the two largest projects in New Jersey, he came to me and says, Jim, how do I put solar on all of these homes? That's where this whole idea initially came. And I went to Solry and said, Solry, can I loan to, we we know we can't loan to residences, but can I loan to a aggregation of residential assets? When we went through our our management team and, and got the approval now what I was able to do is I brought a developer that has 10,000 residential units. I brought the Orbit Solar is one of the largest installers. They're in 10 different states. They're located in New Jersey. And, and Sean Angelini, who's the CEO, is a good friend of mine. So I brought Sean together with the developer. And then I brought Solvida, which is an asset management company. I brought them to manage the asset. I put an IPP together with the three of them. And now the concept is that the real estate developer wanted every single – he's, a, he's a very concerned about the climate. He wants every single one of his homes to be solarized. So, And in order to get 100% participation or as close to 100% participation without mandating it, what we did is we offered a 50% discount off the current tariff rate. So that a, every homeowner is getting the benefit of a half the cost of their power. Now, in that instance, the real estate developer will have contributed a little capital in in order to give such a huge discount because typically you can give a 20 to 25% discount. Now, being as part of the asset owner, he offset that cost by being a participant in the profitability of the IPP. So the three of those, we put those three parties together. Reed is currently underwriting the first batch, which is I think 482 uh, of their units Obviously, these large projects are built in stages, so it'll be a four- to five-year period before all 10,000 units are built, Um, and that's really where the concept of, hey, we can actually build large residential aggregated IPPs with no cost and enable these EPCs. Without mentioning names, four or five of the largest residential EPCs in the nation are now working with us, interested in how do, we, how do we participate in this program? How do we take advantage of the capital that Solread is providing so that we can avoid the need to start using the third-party intermediaries and actually finance these ourselves for our customers? And that's, that's what Sol is trying to do is we're trying to make capital more efficient in the market, trying to capture the value where it's created as opposed to where the money lies. See, it's the equity has always gotten all the upside for all these years in the solar industry. And it's because the developers and the EPCs, they don't have the capital to build it out by us providing that capital the way that we're doing. And and I should note that, you know, we're loaning to experienced developers and EPCs. If you're relatively new in the business, we can still talk to you, but there's going to be an additional expense because we're going to have to hedge that risk, and there's going to be some expense to doing that. And what's really interesting, right now, what's prevented the real proliferation of residential solar is that the low and middle income markets simply don't have the ability to qualify for the financing or to purchase it. But now we can actually go down to un- down as low as 600 FICO scores by bringing in a, headed- a credit hedge. And enable developers to offer these to low and middle income tenancies. It's a, a tremendous opportunity to really address social justice in our industry.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the LMI, the low and middle income market. That's so important that we make solar accessible to all Americans, not just middle class and upper class Americans who can afford it. You know, a residential solar system costs about what a, a new car costs. It's twenty to $40,000. That's fine if you're going to be using that thing every day and you can get a loan on it. But most low and middle income residents just do not see that they have access to solar or they're renting. And so I guess let's, in our last couple of minutes together, what is the future of, of REIT and the residential solar market as you see it? I like to say, if you want to see the future Go to Europe, but maybe I should say if you want to see the future, go to New Jersey, Jim.
2: Go to SolReet. I think (laughs) SolReet has really done an amazing job at getting our investors to accept the high risk during the construction period in order to enable the proliferation of solar to a much greater degree in the United States. If we're going to address climate change, we can't just do it at the utility scale level. We have to be down at the very back end of the distribution systems, we have to be serving. The residential systems, and we have to pay particular attention to the low and middle income because that's the market that's been completely excluded from our industry for so many
1: years. So we have a couple of minutes left. I want to give a quick shout out to the supporting sponsors of the Media Zone. Makes uh, you guys made the Media Zone possible. That's AES, Aurora, SMA, Solreit, and SunGrow, and of course a shout out to Nico Johnson and his staff at SunCast Media for making the Media Zone happen truly. We want to thank SunGrow and Tygo for being the headline sponsors of the Media Zone. Jim, if I'm a solar installer, what do I need to know about SolReit and who do I contact?
2: What you need to know is the name David at sol-reit.com. And before I go, I'd like to make one shout out to Nico. I'm going to say that. Four or five years ago, I was the first sponsor for Nico's Suncast Media. And the incredible growth that this man has, has done for himself and for the industry, coming here today after four or five years, I can't tell you, Nico, the success of this show was amazing four or five years ago. And today, you I can't even tell you what a great job you've done. Kudos to, to Nico.
1: Well, with that, I think we will wrap it up. Uh Well said, Jim. Thank you, Nico Johnson, for having us on stage. I'm Tim Montague. Let's grow solar and storage.
0: Hey, I just want to say again, thanks to Tim Montague for hosting one of our sessions at the RE Plus Power Up Media Zone. Thanks to Jim Spano and all of the sponsors who helped support the Media Zone. And thanks to you, dear listener. I hope you've had a great listen. Uh If it's not Friday anymore, maybe it's the weekend, maybe it's Sometime in the future that you're listening to this thank you. Your time and attention are something I can never repay. I hope that you have gotten a worthy return on your investment. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's live stream replay from RE Plus Power Up Media Zone. I want to thank once again the sponsors who helped make the Media Zone possible, in particular Fluence, who is our presenting sponsor, and our wonderful supporting sponsors as well who contributed to this show thanks again to re plus for trusting us with half of your booth on the show floor and thanks to each and every one of you who not only showed up here for this replay but who showed up live on the show floor to help create that audience atmosphere and give us that feedback right from the show floor I'd love to know what you learned from this conversation. If you'd go to mysuncast.com and click on the episode notes page, you'll find a link to the show notes for this episode right in your podcast player in the description. We always link to it. And in that show notes page, you'll easily find links to all of our social media. Would you take a moment and go on to LinkedIn, find the post that we've made for this episode, and let us know what you thought about this one in particular. I know that the guests would love to hear your feedback and I would love to know how we can make this a more enjoyable experience for you or where exactly this landed and resonated for you. How does this episode help you push forward in your career, your business, your journey in this clean energy revolution? If you wanna enjoy even more conversations like this, well, not only do we live stream the whole RE Plus event To our YouTube channel, which is also easily findable there in the show notes page. But we have more than 525 episodes, resources, highlights from all these discussions, along with social media links, and each guest's book recommendations, their insights, and so much more over on our website at mysuncast.com. If you've been wondering how you could partner with Suncast, like one of our sponsors did for this live event, or like our many partners throughout the year have partnered on our mini episodes and our custom Tactical Tuesday episodes, or if you'd like to just inquire about potentially having me look at your business through the coaching lens or as an advisor and investor and help scale your clean energy business, well, you could find out how to do more of all of that by going over to mysuncast.com. We try to make it a little easier for you to find the path that meets your needs as you scale your personal and professional journey in the clean energy economy. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.